Let me tell you this. Green Bay is a great town for football. No one is perfect. Uh, nobody can be perfect. But by striving for absolute perfection, you raise yourself notches above what you may have been content to be. Who's our head ref today? Tony Correcti. This is his rookie year. Oh, we're going to give him some What's up, everybody? This is Danny Vitale, the fullback for the Green Bay Packers, and you're listening to the Poor Man's Packer Podcast. Go Pack Go! Hello and welcome to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. This is Spencer Sismarowitz, joined as always with Kyle Drakowski. Kyle. Hello. And we are officially a Danny Vitale podcast. Ooh. Yep. Close. I like the sound of that. Close personal friend, obviously, of both of ours. Um, yes. We will close never... personal friend of the show. Close personal friend of the show, obviously. That's the only way that this could ever happen. And I think that's the only Packers news that we need to talk about about what happened over the last week, right? Go Pack Go. Yep. On this week's episode, we will have Take News, talking about the special teams and how terrible it's been this year and the behind-the-scenes stuff that might have led to it. We have Is Kyle an Idiot, of course, returning after a one-week hiatus, and Dump Packer Fan of the Week, which I'm sure everyone will enjoy before our predictions. And, of course, we are going to have to talk about the game and break down the offense and defense. Not the most fun game I think I've ever watched. Yep, it is officially Tank for Tua Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It is time to cancel the season Tuesday. Yep. It is... I got no more tease. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything this week. It's it's like the Chargers game, but a little more... Oh, way worse. A little worse. I mean, they, the Niners are a better team, but they came out in droves attacking the Packers this and week. And because it was... It was under the lights, everyone was watching, um, and it was, you know, we're supposed to be a contender, and we kind of already had that stinker of a game where we were supposed to against the Chargers, so you don't yeah. expect to to have two of those like that. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, disastrous. I wasn't um, – it wasn't the most fun game to watch, as, as you might agree with, but for, for some reason it seems like, at least for me, the – Whitetail opener weekends always has a shitty Packer game. Hmm. I can remember the LeGarrette Blunt when he was with Tampa Bay. He had that long 60 Legendary yard, run. Legendary run against us just running over Morgan Burnett. Um, the Baltimore game and a few years six ago. Others. Yeah. The Baltimore game a few years ago with Brett Hundley where I don't think we scored. The Oh, my goodness. I remember that one. Yep. As I got mentioned, shut out at home. Terrible. That was probably the worst Packer game I think I've I can remember watching. Um, the Scott Tolzien Vikings tie, as I've said numerous times Ugh. in the last few weeks, the slowest spin move in Packers history. At least it wasn't an L, though. Yep. But um, yeah, this kind of went right along with it. Wish we could have had a better game to watch out in out at the hunting shack, but did not happen. We'll lead right into it. Um, it feels like the game started and all the way up for the rest of the year when the balls bounced our way the calls went our way it's like everything was paid back in this game yeah like the debt is now paid paid off so i think we are even with the universe and as i said to you it's like the first four minutes of the first half and the last four minutes of the first half were just if a mistake could happen it was made yes and i mean well god i don't even know which four minute stretch was worse but it's just hard to get that first four minutes out of my brain yes like 
that game was fun for literally two plays. Yes. It was they uh they ran the ball on first down, first and ten, it was and then got it to like second and four. It was a nice first down run. Mm-hmm. And then they ran the screen to Devontae and then just the softest call in NFL history. Yeah, we'll talk about the refs right now then. That brought it back and then literally after those two plays, I didn't smile the rest of the night. Yeah, there was there wasn't a lot to smile about. I do have one thing later on we'll get to that I guess I did enjoy, but it was it was terrible. It was first the terrible chest bump, which Chris Collinsworth said Devontae Adams did with you know, with nothing to push him to do it when he was temporarily face masked right beforehand. Devontae just gives him a, the lightest chest bump, 15 yards, and then it's like, you know, the first two plays never happened. And I mean, it's nothing from there. It's inexplic- inexplicable because, yeah, the, the first two plays never happened. We're right back into the 25. And just like, it was just a gut punch where they just like got the wind knocked out of them and like they were disoriented. And then it just all crumbled from there. If we don't get a hot, it's a team now, it's developing. If we don't have a hot start, it takes a while to get going. You know, we. Early in the year, it seems the only thing that we had on offense, at least in the first few games, were the first 20 to 30 plays, which were game script. And I can't remember that happening mm-hmm. most recently in the last few games where we came out hot like that. So that isn't very good. It was obviously that the terrible call on Devontae. And then later on, I think it's, it might have still been in the first or second quarter, the call on Kevin King. We'll hands talk more the about face. the defense. The hands to the face where he got the guy on the shoulder and extended the Niners drive. I mean, that's 10 points right there. Those two are 10 points right there. Um, and it, it's 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 so painful to sit here and bitch about the refs, but like, j- just in general, in terms of league wide, like these referees are inserting themselves because like people yeah. think they're tuning in to watch them, and like they're they're not letting the game come to them. They're seeking infractions. Yep. Where it's I I've mentioned it before, where referees' purpose should be to keep the game balanced and and make sure nothing is is like any penalties are extreme yep. not search out penalties that have no effect on the on the play and especially that hands to the face it yep. was on the complete opposite side of the field and it wasn't even I think hands it was a, it was like a running play too or no we we sacked, sacked, we sacked them. them and Kevin King hands off the face it didn't happen you know it only resulted in 3 points but a 10 nothing league lead that early in the game was just we had no room to go from there. But moving on to the actual team, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, I think it's fair to say that the Aaron MVP hype is over. It's a little, well, not For over, just dimmed, very it's, dimmed. It's as dim, uh, no analogy. It is It is not very bright. Lights out, yeah. It. I don't know. I mean, but, there's still there's still five games to play, so a lot can, especially with the soft schedule, but yeah, that's kind of... With what, time to turn the page on that. With what Lamar did on Monday night, too. It's hard to, yeah. hard to argue anything. That, that. I mean, that fucking guy, jeez. Yeah, but, um, yeah, we, we talked about Devontae with a terrible call. I still don't think, and we didn't talk about this, I still don't think Aaron Rodgers fumbled that one early in the game. He, fu- he did fumble it originally, but it looks like it came back and he had it against his arm and his thigh. And trapped it. And trapped it when he was on the ground, and then it bounced out and they recovered it. And it was weird, too, that they didn't review it. Yeah. See, and I like it was I such get, a quick review, and they just said it stood. It's like how how do you not go to a commercial break to look this over? It I was get a huge, what you mean by that call. with the trap, but like I I like disagree because the way I see it, like if 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 the positions were flipped, like if Garoppolo was doing that, I, I think I would. But I would yeah, understand. No, I'm I'm on the second part though. I 
strongly agree with that where the review was very brief and yes did not take any time at all yeah and it was, it was for what? a league for a league that fucking is obsessed with reviews and commercial breaks and taking their sweet time to not have that looked at a little deeper is that strange. early that early in a primetime game when it totally flipped the script it, yep. it would have been huge if obviously it got overturned but yeah keep keep it going with aaron Rodgers. it's more of he has the look of the 2018 Rodgers. Then again, this only comes when he's feeling pressure and he's getting the yips. Yep. And he was feeling pressure all night. Yep. Blog obviously went down in the first quarter with the knee injury. It sounds Sprain like Sprained MCL. Sprained MCL. Doesn't sound like it'll be long term, long term, but we're already talking about potentially moving Billy Turner to right tackle and having Lucas Patrick. And they just promoted someone from the practice squad too. Yep, some six seven dude who oh. apparently has all the all the physical skills, but he's a raw player. So we'll see what happens. And he's been with the practice squad all year. So if anyone's ready to play right now, it would be him. Sure. But, I mean, I doubt that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, the bright spot for Rogers was the throw to Jimmy Graham. I thought that was mm. fucking killer. Mm. That that was like throwback Aaron Rodgers rocket, and then um, you know pretty prototypical Jimmy Graham. Coming really close with a contested catch, but not making it. I feel like so many contested catches this year, he just doesn't do enough to keep it in. Yeah, there was it was, and it was a good defensive play, but you you need to make that. They've catch. always got their hands in there. It's like with with Jimmy Graham and MVS, any contested play is tough for is, them to make. Is gonna be yeah, yep. Other than that, I also thought that that uh, play action, that fake by Rodgers was pretty sick too on Bosa. On Bosa, that was... Because if that didn't work, Rodgers was going to die. Smacked. Yes. Honestly, we would be be talking about what draft position we can get in April right now. Yes. If Bosa would have connected. Yep. And this was also Aaron Rodgers' lowest PFF grade he's ever had in his career. So that kind of lets you know how bad it was. Even from that Sunday night game against Denver... Like yep. four years ago yep, when he had 77 yards? Yep, this was the worst game he was ever graded out as. I, I, Holy shit. Like we've said before, um, three guys just kind of watch it and grade every play for him, but I don't think he had a lot of room to have a great game with how the offensive line was right. playing either. 20 for 33, 104 yards. Uh, uh, think yeah. of that. 20 completions, 104 yards. I saw on Pro Football Reference that is, I think it's, I can't remember what the, I think it's, the lowest with a quarterback to have 20 completions, that's the lowest amount of yards. And it makes yep. sense. 20 completions and 104 yards? Like, that doesn't even compute. I don't... There's, there's something with this team, too. Well, maybe it's been the last few years, but the sense of urgency, and I feel like it's an oh, old man thing to get pissed even, about. But it's, At this point, it's like... But you see him out there, and it's it's like no one really gives a shit at times when, when we're that low in the game. And it's like, if we can... We got to have some type of spark and just some sense of urgency because half, half the time it's so lackadaisical everyone getting in and out of the huddle and they're breaking Two, the huddle with nine seconds left yeah. on the clock and then rogers got to get up there and make his adjustments yep. and make his checks and he's snapping it when it's literally double zeros yep every single snap yep and i, I think this game on offense it can get summed up as we talked about early on where you know we couldn't get past a penalty that set us back right off the get-go. Yep. Uh, we couldn't pass block, led to Rogers' fumble, and we couldn't pass block overall. And then also the self-inflicted gunshot wound was Geronimo dropping it on third down. Oh, that was that. We can talk about Geronimo here too. I it's gotten to the point, and I think a lot of fans have been saying this throughout the few weeks. I don't know if Geronimo has like revealing pictures of someone in the front office or the coaching <laughs> staff, but this guy, I. 
I don't know what he gives you that Lazard and Kumaro don't. I guess we I do we do know what he gives. He's actually a really good uh, run blocker. He graded out elite oh, this game sure. and a lot of a lot of games. He is a pretty good blocker. But other than that, I don't know what he does anymore. What I'd rather have Lazard out there or even Kumaro, MBS as well. It's just very very low ceiling with him, and he's he's still getting these snaps. I don't and get it. I've I've preached this so many times where. The reason he made this roster initially and stayed on this roster is because his hands were glue. He caught everything. If it touched his hands, he caught it. The last year and a half, it's just not been the case yeah, for him. It's been bad. Uh, we've talked we talked about it before with Jimmy Graham. He's made a lot of plays. But, man, the contested balls, him and MVS, they've got to get that together. And we talked about it a little bit beforehand. The deep play to MVS, I feel like that's a tough one to place blame. I don't know if Rodgers put too much on it or MVS should have drank toes. A little 50-50. But, man, he's running so fast there. I don't know how you, you'd be able to slow up and right. drag it because you're asking to just face plant if you're, if like, you're going for that ball. Yeah, but at the same like i i get that but i think mbs needs to have a little better awareness yeah. to like know that he's in the end zone but also i think the broadcast showed that mbs was open a lot sooner than when rogers threw it so if yep. he's a half a second or a second sooner that's a that's a pitch and catch touchdown yep um and one bright spot i thought mercedes had an okay game he blocked pretty well on a few plays but my favorite part of the game the bright spot was when he they had this short little pass to him and he's running to the outside, he gets face masked and as he was still live, he like waved Going up the at the ref. Yeah, live live like, ball waving at the ref, looking for the flag. I kind of enjoyed that. That was but, great. Uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I thought they both had okay games, but I'm starting to get on on the train with everyone else. With we got to give feed. We got to give Aaron Jones the ball more, feed especially him. the first half. It seems like more often than not, Jamal Williams is getting full drives than Aaron Jones. Which really should not. It should be more of like a 60-40, 70-30 almost. I, I get it. It Like, I'm fine with this type of snap count in the game that we're winning and we're, you know, we're going to win. But when it's split down directly down the middle with 50 and it's like whole drives. And, we're, just, and we're down and we're behind the whole game. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I want... Aaron Jones to have fresh legs for the postseason, but when we're down ten nothing and you're giving full drives to Jamal Williams, who we do love, it's just I don't think it's the right type of right. game. Well, and I think they abandoned the run way too early. Like I, I thought, I thought I was mixed on were, it because we didn't run that great off the get go either. I think our first five runs resulted in zero yards. No, it was it was the first play of the game was like a second and four, and then after that we had a few plays where we lost yards. I know, I know he did I not have remember, a hot start. I, I remember seeing a lot of first and 10 move to second and six, second and five, and I just thought they went away from that too soon. He did. I thought Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams had a better second half each, but as we, I'm sure everyone has seen on Twitter, I don't know why since Devontae's came back, there's been a lot of talk of force-feeding Devontae, and LaFleur even said today that they're, they're going to have to go away from that. But... I'm fine with that. It's just we need to give the ball to Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones more in the pass game. Jamal Williams had yeah. a terrible, terrible drop on third and nine very early in the game that yep. killed the drive too. That screen. But, man, when we were really rolling, it's when we were getting both the backs involved, 
Uh, Danny Vitale, who I thought was the best part of the offense of this game, obviously he was he was the superstar of this game. But um, other, we got to get this and those guys involved, Lewis involved, the tight ends. It's it's turning into a receiver heavy offense and running the ball here in spurts, and that's just not been the keys to winning games. Yeah, the the splits for like if you look at the the splits for when Devonte was hurt. And then the games since he's been back, Aaron Jones, just stats all around, but especially targets and receiving stats, it is it is pretty alarming. I think he's only got like four total targets, yeah, four total the, targets and one back. catch. Yep. It's, and before that, it was he was getting like five targets, six, seven targets a game. Yep. And s- sticking with that too, the fourth down calls, um, the first one. I'm fine with running it on fourth. It's gotten to the point now where I think we're going to have to just pass it, and that's what worked on the fourth and four later in the game. I'm fine with running it, but on the goal line uh, against the Eagles or whoever it was when we ran it straight at them for nothing, yep. didn't think that was the best play call just because, well, you know. the Panthers, too. Yep. Yeah, that's right. It was against the Panthers. And this one, too, running it out of the shotgun is just. And the fact that they called a timeout for that, too, makes it a little more painful. But, like. I was a little it's fine so with it because they, they originally had Jamal Williams in, and then they switched him out for mm, Aaron Jones. Okay. So I was kind of fine with the timeout, even and though you, it didn't work. And you said it, yeah, you said it perfectly. Like, even, no matter what the play call is, if they don't get it, people are going to hate the play call. Exactly, exactly. And I've kind of, I, at first I thought I hated the play call, but looking back, like that defensive front. It, they weren't the box was not stacked mm-hmm. it was four four down linemen and it looked like they should have been able to get a yard i i believe looking back at it on the edge there we had jimmy graham and kumaro blocking and i don't think either of them really did much of anything i might i could Big be surprise. thinking of a different play but it was it was the the end of the play is where they snuck in and were just able to sniff it out but overall it wasn't a very good game on offense whatsoever but it, I really feel like it's one of those butterfly effect things where it was so bad at the beginning where we just couldn't reset ourselves afterwards. If that fumble doesn't happen, if the Devontae Adams penalty doesn't happen, I think it's a completely different game. If we Because we were kind of rolling beat. It was two plays, but when we're coming out fast, we seem it, to continue doing it. That builds on itself. So if we just walk down and score the seven points there, I think it's a different game. You're obviously asking a lot there if that actually happened. but I mean, it was 10-0 until... Four minutes, five minutes left in the and half. Then it all really, and then really yeah, fell the apart. first four minutes, yep. and then the last four minutes of the first half is it's, just disastrous. And I think fans need to look at it this way: is we are we're an eight and three football team now. We're going to make the playoffs, no matter what you might think. We're going to make the playoffs. This is the preseason for the Green Bay Packers. We're so much better than we thought we would be with a first year head coach, and now we're just trying to figure out what we need to do to become a great football team. We'd much rather have this happen now than have it happen back in the day when we had freaking Sam Shields having the pick six against the Niners for nothing when Colin Kaepernick ran all over us and Eric Walden is still spinning around looking for him. You know, we'd rather take our lumps right now then you know don't want to peak too early until january let's 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 go ahead and let the 49ers peak right now yep. and then we'll go back there in january and and get redemption i mean we've we've been pretty good at the redemption stories in the playoffs from what i can remember at least in 2010 we, that was definitely what we were doing cuz we, we got lumped against the falcons that regular season we came back and smoked them in the georgia dome okay yep, yep. I don't so that. there's been a few cases of that, but but with, I will. Um, let me, I just want to sum up the offense. Yep, 
with this this stat it's if you don't want your ears to bleed you should just maybe skip forward a few seconds we're supposed to end on a high note here it's very it's it's very low it's so this is courtesy of at lord reeves on twitter richard herbrar he's like a fantasy guy packers had 2.8 yards per play on sunday night fourth fewest in a game this Yuck. season for Yuck. any team. Kyle, no. And the Packers' third game with fewer than four yards of play this season. Now, it somehow gets worse. No, Kyle, no. Their other... This is the company we are keeping with this stat. Other teams with three such games, Washington Redskins, Chicago Bears, Miami Dolphins, and the New York Jets. Yuck. All right. Well, that wasn't... The best thing to end the offense talk with, but we will. And here is a quick uh, ad, of a Thanksgiving ad from mm. B2B Data Guy. All right. Well, it's great to have everyone here again for Thanksgiving supper. I figure now is as good a time as any to say what we're thankful for. Cynthia, why don't you start? I'm thankful to have Grandma Ira here with us for her 105th Thanksgiving. We know you have had to overcome a lot since that cliff-jumping accident this summer. Ooh, thanks, dear. Yes, it is so nice to have you here, Grandma. What about you, James? Well, I'm thankful that Rufus sniffed out that bomb last week on the school bus before it detonated. Yes, I almost forgot about that. Good boy, Rufus. (laughs) What about you, Guy? What are you thankful for? You know what I'm thankful for. My leads. My magical leads. The leads that brought you back to life. Oh yeah, that's right. I almost forgot about that too. My mind seems to be going. And the magic hasn't stopped. Our leads outperform pay-per-click leads and organically generated leads. These are the best form of leads ever. It's a Thanksgiving miracle. If anyone here ever needs another one of my leads, contact me at b2bdataguy.com. All right, we're back with the defense. Um, not good for after a week. Uh, the big thing during the bye week was that they, inside the building at Lambeau, they self-scouted each other for things they had to approve on. And obviously the biggest thing after the self-scouting was uh, covering tight ends and the middle of the field in the pass game. And that was the kryptonite all game against all the All season, Niners. really. Yeah, I mean... the. George Kittle was just an, a monster. Yeah, which that you, dude is so good. Yeah, I mean, you could have predicted it beforehand, but right. to see him out there and actually do it was not the best. I don't know if you know this, but um, our own Big Bob Robert Tanyan works out with him in the off season. Ooh. so I'm sure in a matter of weeks Hopefully. he will be playing just like George Kittle. Yeah, let's hope. Now that he's so finally getting healthy. can extract some of that. Yeah. Um, overall, and we we talked about it before too. It's the defense was put in a lot of tough spots, especially early. Obviously, yes. The fact that that they held them to ten points until the four minutes left in the um, first half was a little was pretty impressive. Especially one being put in the terrible situations from the offense, and two, J.K. Scott also oh not really helping him out. Goodness. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. But I don't know. It's they were hold they were holding up early when put in terrible positions, which was nice. Uh, Zadarius and Preston really played well. I thought again, Zadarius is just a madman out there. He's so damn fast. It's it's crazy that compared to what we've had previously, seeing him out there consistently just 
wrecking havoc in the pocket. It's very nice to already feel like they are underpaid, honestly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like already. Yes, because Preston and Zadarius, I believe Zadarius is getting 14 per. Preston is getting about 13 per. I th- Oh, I thought Zadarius was like 15, 16. I could be wrong. No, it, for- depending on how it goes. But, yeah. Yeah, it's- but either way, yeah, it just feels like they are already underpaid. Yeah, and uh, Joe Kipp, who I believe writes for uh, Packers Live, or oh, fuck, I forget which one it is. He tweeted out, is it even arguable at this point? Zadarius was the best free agent signing of 2019. Packers not only got a tone-setting leader on defense, but a top-10 player at a premium position, which is true, and we haven't had that for a while. Through 11 games, 10 sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 28 solo tackles, 23 QB hits, and here's the big one, 62 QB pressures, yeah, which I don't, is a lot. Yeah, he said it perfectly. I do not think it's even arguable at this point. Yeah. It really... Consistently now, he, he Zadarius had a couple low games in the middle of the year, but lately it's just consistent. He's getting at least like five pressures a game minimum mm-hmm. and usually a sack as well. And on third down especially. Yes. that And once again, it seems we, we in the first half when we were working, it was the third down sacks again, yep. but it just didn't seem to maintain. Yep. Um, Blake Martinez, overall pretty bad, but the sack I thought was pretty good. It was a nice play on the sack. It was. Even though he was unblocked, it was nice to see an unblocked sack actually happen. Yeah. I mean, there's it's still you still need to make the play. And I think when you're at such a full head of steam, it's I mean, I don't want to say it's easy for the quarterback, but it's manageable for the quarterback to just kind of sidestep and, and dodge that. Yes. But he made the play, which was it was a great play. Right. Darnell Savage and, you know, like Zadarius Kenny Clark against Carolina. It feels all like that's ha- that happened a lot. So it was nice and, to see and, Blake and Wentz, I remember too. Yeah, yep, that's right. Um but overall Blake, bad game again. It's he seems to be the key for why this defense keeps getting held back. You know, at the middle of the They're field. In the middle of the field and tight ends. It's a mix of Blake not being athletic enough and Petten putting him in not great situations. Obviously at the end of the game there, Blake was matched up on most mostert. Mustard. Yep. Mustard, yep. Mostard. There you go. Mustard. Uh, on third down, he just ran past Blake, picked up like 30 yards. And it's just like, yep, this is this yeah. is what this defense is. Yeah. But, yeah, they were put in bad positions all night. The very first one, I like, that first seven I thought was, was garbage because of yep. that. It started, again, I hate to bring up the refs, but it started with that 15-yard penalty. So then the fumble, they get it right at the two. If they yep. get that at the 17, I think that defense yeah, good point. has shown that. They, I mean, it could have been a lot different. They could have stopped and held them to three. Yep. And then the next three that they got with that bullshit hands to the face, it could have been 6-0 go until the five-minute mark of the second quarter. And that the whole landscape of the game is completely yes. different. Yeah, no, and it was, it was the butterfly effect game. Um, I don't know if you know this. Here's a fun tiddly bit. Do you know what Blake Martinez's gamer take was in college? Mm. No. I will let you read it. It is in bold. No. I swear to God. That's not even allowed. Yes, it is. I swear. Um, on Xbox? Yes. No, no It way. was the gamer tag for a bit. Yes. Would you like to read it? This is, he is, show, he, this is his research. I'm just, I'm just the messenger here. Pussyfucker69. Yep. So, Blake Martinez. There's no way. Good leader, uh, good character guy, hard worker, and pretty cool gamer tag, you know? That's very college of him. How is that? I don't know. There's a video on. Barstool I guess he was in college. Yeah, mm. yeah. But that's uh, wild. Good tidbit. Yeah, nice little tiddly bit. Um, like almost like a, a literally unbelievable. <laughs> you're right. Like I don't believe it. Yes. 
the safety play, once again, Darnell Savage is struggling with tackling. God, it's just – and the play right at the end, kind of – we had a lot of lousy plays, but when, on Mostert's The touchdown, 37th point, yeah. I just – like, bro- I think He the- broke Amos right in the hole, and then he broke Savage right in the hole, and it's like, come on, we need we need you guys to not be ha-ha here. Yeah, ooh. And I think the white flag was up at that point, but still, there's really – there's no excuse for that. Yeah, not, Poor effort. not the best. Uh, Kevin King, another subpar game from him. I, it seems like whenever there's some type of communication breakdown or a missed assignment, Kevin King is is involved, whether it's him who missed the assignment or he happens to be the scapegoat of the missed assignment. Yeah, um, I just saw it today. This is courtesy of uh, PFF. Most yards allowed into coverage among quarterbacks in 2019. Kevin yeah. King. Numero uno with 755. And the next closest is Logan Ryan with 673. So about an 80-yard gap there. Yeah. 80-yard lead. That's pretty bad. I'd like to see how accurate that is just because when those grades were probably taken out too. I mean, just that Kittle play there is 61 yards, and oh, they might have sure. assigned it to him, and a, that large play wasn't his. That's, it was, that's a good point. They brought it up this week, too, or yesterday during the presser. It was either Amos or Savage. I think it was Savage who bit too much in the run game, and then Kittle was just yep. you know, running scotch yeah, free. Yeah, Kevin King was getting torched for that. Um, and then, But then after, when it kind of s- sunk in, it was like, wait a second, I don't... I don't know if Kevin King yep. was fully responsible for that. Another thing with this game, too, uh, in the trenches, Dean Lowry graded out as the best he has all year. At the same time... I don't uh, remember. Right, that's the thing. With defensive linemen, casual fans, you're not going to see that much. He was graded out really well. Kenny Clark, lowest grade of his career. Of his career? Of his career, which Holy is very smokes. shocking. And uh, as I've mentioned before, I do like listening to the Packernet podcast. Um, God, I always forget the guy's name. But he went over the PFF grades, and he he can be a little hot takey. He said that Rodgers and Kenny Clark each had the lowest PFF grades they've ever had in their career, and they're both from California. So he's once again implying that maybe they just you know did a little too much. They're a little too free with their free time. It's connecting the dots. And yeah. connecting the dots, which I think is just absolute bullshit. Yeah, had a boy Sherlock. Yeah, come but, on. Overall, I don't know. Defense wasn't good. Special teams wasn't good. We'll get into that later with take news. That's just that. It's funny. Like, that's officially a narrative, though, the whole California thing. Well, like, with the Chargers and Sunday it's, night. Well, no, it's, it's like, I've it's, seen it a lot. Well, it's the West Coast thing. The Packers historically haven't played that well on the West Coast. It's one of those where once you have a couple of those games, it's going to be tough to beat that stigma just because you don't always go on the West yeah. Coast either. Yeah. But, but now, well, like, California specifically, it's like – now that's like a fun yeah <laughs> yeah very very fun thing to talk about um we can wrap up this game i think this sums it up pretty well the packers are better than 8 to 37 but i don't think we're you know as good as our record was going into the game of 8 and 2 it's one of those where i think of the playoff teams we are lower tier we talked about it last week where we were fighting are we going to be a 2 seed or a 3 seed I think now it's an uphill battle for that three seed and to prove that we are a legitimate elite team. That Viking game is going to be huge in the yeah. future. Yeah. Um I still think I I still think it's manageable the two seed or because yeah. the Niners schedule is very tough to finish out. I think they have the Seahawks again, they have the Ravens. Um we'll need help. And I don't and they've already played the Cardinals twice, so yep. Um, I, They've got a tough schedule, I think their schedule not, is a lot the tougher than ours. Look at, though. Right. And 
The Vikes, they go into Seattle Monday night, go Seahawks. But they got a lot of home games, too, the Seahawks. I'm not sure what – I mean, they, they've got to play the Niners again as well, but – yeah, I really think the week 16 when we go into US Bank it will will be for the division. Yep, absolutely. That that game will be the difference between us being a 3 seed and us being a 5 or 6 seed. And yeah, either sure. going on the road or having yep. a home playoff game. More likely than not. But with that, we will have another ad from B2B Data Guy. Hello American football fans. Are you trying to score more clients? Well, now it is time to kick off a new email campaign. At B2B Data Guy, we pass your message to qualified receivers. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about how we can field your goals. We make sure your emails aren't intercepted by spam filters. Your emails won't get flagged for unnecessary sending. There's no market we can't tackle. We've never punted on a customer. We think we're a pretty fair catch. There's no way we won't insert football pun. With our message to the right audience, it's easy to touch down with qualified leads. Visit B2Bdataguy.com today. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. All right, take news for the week. Once again, uh, we don't have an audio segment, but we are going to read a tweet. This Ooh. is something that I've wanted to talk about for a while and have briefly mentioned on Ooh. a previous podcast. Ooh. But I thought Aaron Nagler had a good little dive in here. My guy. He tweeted, how do you move on from Ron Zook, dot, 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 and not improve? S-M-H. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, for those who don't know, That's Ron Zook tweet. was our previous special teams coach, and now we have Sean Meninga, who previously last year he was the special teams coordinator for uh, Vanderbilt, and before that he was the assistant special teams coordinator for the Browns for a few years. Um in case you didn't know, uh, just watching the games, here is another tweet from Joe Kip. The Packers have the second worst graded special teams unit in the entire NFL, according to PFF. And that was second. Who's and that was worse? before the Niners game. So I'd be willing to bet that we are probably worse now with the with the day that J.K. Scott had. And I wonder who would be worse. Uh, the I think it was maybe? the Bucks. It was the Buccaneers. Oh, okay, but. Um, J.K. Scott has only gotten worse as the season's gone on. I mean, this game, too, you know, the the stigma against him was that he can't kick in cold weather. Well, it was pretty nice in San Francisco, and he had his worst game of his season, if not his career. Yeah. It was it was really bad to one, – one, when already the offense and defense is putting you behind, more so the offense, you know, not winning the, posi- the field position battle – but to also have J.K. Scott not help out whatsoever, brutal. Yeah, I, like what happened? Like the first month, six weeks of the season, we couldn't shut up about the dude being a legitimate weapon. J.K. forty seven. Yeah, now it's just kidding. For whoa. he's he's no longer the leggy boy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's he's the and a part of it too. I was looking forward boy. for him to continue to kick really long kicks so I can make boomer comments like he's kicking boomers. Oh, nice! And since boomer has became like a term on Twitter and everything, he hasn't had any boomers. Not you like know, not a single one. It's been terrible. Continuing on with how bad the special teams has been, the Packers currently oh, ranked seventeenth in the NFL in kick return yards, thirty second in return yards with negative eleven punt return yards. I'll, Negative uh, 11. The record for the lowest punt return yards in a season is 27. We're at 11 right now. Negative 11. 
Um, um, we've also given up the eighth most kick return yards and the twelfth most punt return yards. So that's a lot to look at. And this isn't because I'm sure it's there's a lot of factors in. Oh, I know there's a lot of factors in punt returns. Yep, punt return yard in terms of blocking scheme and how the setup is, but. Guess who is leading the league in punt return yards since he was traded? Oh, is it really the Raiders and Trevor Davis? Yep. Yeah, that's looking like a bad move. At the time, I think most of us were fine with it because Shepard did have a fine preseason. Yep. but And because he wasn't really contributing as a wide receiver. But yep. now it's like... It's it's really looking like a mistake. But ugh, I don't know. At the same time, and in his press conferences, Sean Menenga does have a lot of good responses to the criticism he's getting. But it's just, it's how long can you wait until... Because that that seat is so hot right now, I yeah. I would assume he's going to get fired at the end of the season, which is a bummer for him. But it's just no improvement. He's always talking talking about what what they're going to do to get better. But this brings in the big picture thing that I wanted to talk about, and that's the power structure of the Green Bay Packers. We've alluded to it in previous weeks, where Tom Silver Tom Silverstein is very critical of the Packers more often oh, really? than not. Yeah. The boy, he's the boy who cried fraud, by the way, like this week on his podcast. So, like, going into the Chargers, not even the Chargers game, going into, like, you know, the Panthers game, he was saying, are they frauds? And going into the Raiders game before that, he was saying, I don't know, they might be frauds, they're going to have to prove it here. Going into the Niners game, well, are they frauds, they're going to have to prove it here. And they finally play, like, garbage yeah. again. And then he's like, oh, they're frauds. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, all along. But anyways, he wrote in the offseason this article about the power structure of the Packers. And for those who don't know, previously when the Packers were terrible in the 70s and 80s, we had a type of triangle power structure where everyone kind of had an equal say in the front office, the GM, the coach, so on. Well, when, um, when Ron Wolf took over, the way he agreed for the position is that he has the say over everything where it's GM coach and then everything else follows well when ted thompson was fired and when they were doing their self-scouting again and looking for a new gm and obviously eventually went with brian gutenkunst originally they said whoever the gm would be would keep that same power structure like ted had where ted was the head guy and then it was mccarthy so on mm-hmm. you get it well once they got back to it Mark Murphy announced that all that there would be three guys that would have the same amount of power, and Mark Murphy would be on top of the triangle now. So the three guys in power, as it is currently, is Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutenkunst, and Russ Ball. Russ Ball being our... Contract guy. Contract guy. I forget his official title, but I think he's like president of football operations. Financial something like wizard. that. Well, the big thing this offseason, which is so dumb, it's the prototypical too many cooks in the kitchen. When Matt LaFleur was putting his coaching staff together, he wanted Rizzi, formerly of the Miami Dolphins, who is always known as a top special teams coordinator. Top three, always. Well, he came to the Green Bay Packers and interviewed with Matt LaFleur for an entire day, and he said how much he wanted beforehand, how much he wanted to get paid. Matt LaFleur and him talk all day. They hit it off. Matt wants to sign him. He says, hey, we want to sign this guy, make him our special teams coordinator. Russ Ball, in charge of the money, said... This is how much we're offering him. We're not going to offer him anymore. They lowballed him. Rizzi got pissed. Yep. He left, flew out. Eventually, the Packers did come back up and said they'd pay him what he wanted. He said, no, screw you guys. Bridge has been burned. Bridge Bridge was burned, and he signed with the Saints, so we had to go with Sean Menenga as our special teams coordinator. And Yikes. this is one of those things that just pisses you off because it's like, why in the hell 
is our money guy who we passed over to be our GM. A lot of people thought he was the front runner to be our GM. Mm-hmm. Why are we allowing him to get his nose in with the coaching decisions? To have a have an influence like that. What are we going to do with that save money? I understand the Packers are uh, you know locally owned team, whatever. Obviously, I'm an owner, so I have a lot of say with the team. <laughs> but why are we allowing this guy to get his fingers now in this? Now, this. this may be a stupid question, so let me just ask it on behalf of the audience. Yep. Um, does like coaching, like assistant salaries and the head coach salary go towards the salary cap? I, I don't remember off the top of my head. It does not go towards the salary cap. I, I think you can pay them just about whatever you want. There must be some type of cap. There has, yeah, I was, there has to be some sort of, but I think for the most part, you can pay them whatever you want. I mean, it's probably not as restrictive, right? The Raiders gave John Gruden like a 10 year deal as the highest paid head coach. So it's, you know, yeah. I was curious, too, just to see what the Saints' special teams are like. So, in my research, because I am a journalist, obviously, I went to the Saints' subreddit, and I asked, hey, how are your guys' special teams this year? One guy said, Lutz hasn't been as consistent as last year, but I have faith he'll get it right. I know y'all off J.K. Scott, but Thomas Mostert is as good a puncher as everyone. He keeps talking, saying that they've had a couple return touchdowns, a couple of them turned back because of penalties. Mm. But overall, he'd say that they're a B or B+. I asked another guy. He said, honestly, it's hard to say because they had a great special teams coordinator beforehand, a legendary one, Westoff, hmm. who he assumes the special teams is just kind of building off that. But overall, he thinks that they have a top five special team. This is the last one. Uh, this is a good one. Um, I once again just asked how their special teams was. Someone responded. Uh, gave up a return touchdown this year. Couple uncharacteristic misses by Lutz. Morstead is yeeting the shit out of the ball. Is what? Yeeting. Yeeting, yeeting the oh, shit out yeeting. of the ball. Okay, so I, of course, replied and said, yeets deep downfield or yeets off the side of his foot? <laughs> he said, good yeets, LOL. Ooh. I said, shit, my bad. Hella good yeets. Love the good yeets. So, we're, we're very familiar with the yeets, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeet. Uh, shout out. Hackett. Uh, Hackett. Um, so, yeah, it's special teams. It sucks that this seems to have been some type of narrative over the last decade where we just don't have good special teams. Honestly, we had a flash there with um, – the people's champ, Jeff Janis, where he was such a great gunner. Gunner, oh my goodness, Him, yes. along with Trevor Davis on returns, was a pretty good one-two that at least kept us yeah. upright. Mason Crosby, obviously, has been fine on field goals, but the coverage units have just been abysmal. I mean, yeah. hopefully, it would be nice if we get a punt return touchdown just to get rid of that black spot that would be... Put us in the green in terms of yards. Yes, because yeah. it's been as bad as possible. Because the so only... Now, like, the only return I'm remembering is against Cleveland last year. Yeah. We had a, we've had Davis. a couple decent ones, but yeah, it's been... it's Yeah, it's like as long as I can remember, special teams has always been not good. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't remember either because before, before Zook, it was Sean Slocum, and it's I don't remember who was before that, but they're always just, you know, the, the end of every average joke. or below, well, below average. average. Yep. But, mostly below average. Yep. And with that, we'll wrap up Take News for the Week. I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. All right. And now we can finally have some fun after such a terrible week with everyone's favorite segment. Is Kyle an idiot? Ooh, okay. Kyle, are you ready? After a week off, hopefully you did some more research (sighs) to be more prepared. I haven't. All right. Perfect. Well, hopefully the brand will stay strong. Well, I mean... 
stay strong. That implies it was strong. Yeah. Well, you you're you're strong. Well, enough. You're saying the brand is I'm an idiot. Yeah, and you're leaning that way right now. I believe you're. All over- right. So I'm gonna fucking make the brand weak then. No, because it's you want to be an idiot because you're either five and seven or seven and nine on no, the five season. and seven. Yeah. Five. Don't try to fudge me. I was giving you. Don't try I was to giving- fudge a mother fudger. Seven and nine is a better overall winning percentage than five and seven, so I would have been giving you more. that's more L's, and I don't want that. Sure. Well, anyways, your first question. These are a little all over the place. I'm curious how many you'll get right, but here we go. The The Green Bay Packers took a linebacker in the first round every three years from 2003 to 2009. If you do the math, you can figure out I the I have to name one. all three. Who were these linebackers? Yep. 2003 to 2009. There's three linebackers you need to say that were first-round picks. 2003 to 2009. It's 2003, 2006, 2009. Okay, 2003, 2006, 2009. 06 was... I just need the names. AJ Hawk. Kemp. Can you give me like a yep. confirmation? I okay. would tell you you were wrong and 09, it's over. 09 is Clay Matthews. Yep. Oh three is I'm gonna go. Come on! I don't feel great about it. But Come on, Nick Barnett. Yep, very good. Yes. Oof. You made that. You made that way too difficult. Yes. I guess that was early on in my like informative oh. Packer viewing experience, where you know I don't remember Nick Barnett getting drafted, but I remember him being a first round pick talked about on dude. the field. Yeah, he was uh, he was an interesting player, very aggressive. He owned a nightclub in Green Bay as well that went bankrupt very quickly. Oh, yep. sad. And I remember, man, back in the day before I had an iPhone that could like take screenshots, I swear to God, it was back when like TweetDeck or like the bird picture thing where you have to you had to like post pictures on a third party oh, site. Oh yeah, and, uh, like a link. He posted a picture of Aaron Rodgers on top of a table with beer in his hands, just wasted. And I was like, holy shit, I can't believe he, it was like throwback Thursday. What? Couldn't get a picture or a screenshot of it. And technology it, was just not advanced enough. Yep. Damn it's it. Gone what forever. A shame. Okay, this is a. I'm sure that exists somewhere on the internet. Maybe it's on his phone still. All right. In 2009, our all time leading rusher became Amon Green. Who did he pass? Um, Rut Row. Oh, my, oh no, Kyle. Edgar Bennett. Oh no, Kyle. Kyle, no. It was Jim Taylor, number twenty-one. Most people, when they think of number twenty-one for the Packers, they probably think of Charles Woodson. But hmm. Jim Taylor was our leading rusher, and even back, um, Jim, I would never would have got that when the Packers were obviously prominent in the NFL in the late sixties. You know, you think of Bart Starr, you think of Paul Horning. When it was really a one-two punch with Paul Horning and Jim Taylor, most people point at Paul Horning being the legend. You know, his re- his number is half-retired. His nickname was the Golden Boy. I think it was the first overall pick in the draft. But Jim Taylor was the guy who got most of the job done. So, Damn it. one and one. Damn it. All right, here's another one that I hope you get. Uh, I thought maybe you'd get the last one, but this is... I almost revealed the answer to this one earlier. Who hired Ooh. Ron Wolf? This is the chicken and the egg scenario here. Ron Wolf, the uh, Hall of Fame GM for the Packers, traded for Brett Favre, um, signed Reggie who White. Hired Ron who was Wolf. the president of the Green Bay Packers when he was hired? Five-second countdown. I don't know. Um, five, four, 
three, two, one. Bob Harlan. I wouldn't. Fuck. I would have never got that. You got to. Oh, you got to get that. Bob Bob Harlan, whose uh, granddaughter is Olivia Harlan, I believe, who is married to uh, Sam Decker. So there That's you go. That's Kevin Harlan's daughter. Yeah. Which is Bob Harlan's son. Oh, that makes sense why he does preseason games yep. then. And Dude, I would have never got that. Oh, you got you got to read Harlan. up, man. Bob Bob Harlan, it's the chicken and the Jesus. egg. People, people argue who is in charge of the Packers resurgence in the early nineties in the early nineties. Was it Ron Wolf or was it Bob Harlan? Chicken or the egg? This is more stressful than Yeah, I thought finals. you would have got that one. All right, here you go. Ooh, this is ugh. Those were supposed to, this is the tougher one. Hopefully you oh get this my. one. Hopefully you get this one. This is more in your decade at least. Right, yeah, we're doing all pre-1970s. Jesus. <laughs> that was 19 Okay, whatever. What was the final play of Brett Favre's career? All I'm looking for is what happened and where it was. Like I said this is a more difficult one if if you don't know, you don't know. Well, it wasn't the the NFC Championship against nope. the Saints. Nope. He played one more year after that. I'll give you a 10-second countdown. This is a this is a Vikings trivia Ten. question. Well, it's very you know, disrespectful. I, I thought about that too, but we had the Vince Lombardi one previously. So, um, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, dude, I three. I, he, I blacked him out of my memory as soon as he that's put fair. on purple. That's fair, but it's a fun little tiddly bit because um, it is very odd. This was the year where, hey, don't worry, we could cheer about this, where the Metrodome collapsed. Hmm. So the Vikings did not have anywhere to play their games. This is when Brett Favre is obviously the TCF. starting quarterback for them. So on Monday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings played the Chicago Bears, and uh, Brett Favre was sacked on a play by a player named... Wooten, Corey Wooten of the Chicago Bears. Favre hit his head on the turf. The turf, which was concrete hard because it was so cold. It was December and TCF Bank was not made to be played on in the winter because it's a college field. Mm -hmm. Favre said it's the only time in his entire career where he went to bed. He just was knocked out for 10 to 15 seconds and (gasps) and he came to after. Wow. So yeah, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was yeah, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, the last play of Roger or of unfortunately, yeah, dude. So those one, questions suck. One in three. This that week, was. I didn't think they were that much dude, tougher. The Bob Harlan one, you probably should have got. The Jim Taylor one, you probably should have got. I probably I'll concede maybe the Jim Taylor one, but the either way, not the not the best. But uh, that does it for is Kyle an idiot? Fucking all right, and returning after a one or two week hiatus, Dumb Packer Fan of the Week. Ooh, all right. Everyone's favorite or least favorite segment, and we're going to continue like we did last week with, oh wait, we did have one last week, didn't we? I think we did. Whoopsie. Anyways. Yeah, we did. Continuing this Joosh. week with a single one. Yeah, I forgot, Joosh. <laughs> um, everyone's least favorite follow or follower on Twitter, Aaron Michael. He is the man. What, what's his What's his whole catchphrase, Kyle? I got two first names. No, no, no. You said it earlier. He uh, will oh, not talk. We, we don't talk down to fans. <laughs> so this this guy, he's got like ten thousand followers. I think he's just followed like a ton of people. And even after this, so after this, now when I went to his account to find this tweet, when you click on his account, it says caution: this account is temporarily restricted. 
you're seeing this warning because there has been some unusual activity from this account. Uh oh. So that's good. I think he might have just unfollowed absolutely everyone that he was following to so, get his ratio up. So now his ratios like that. Respect. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so this is his tweet. I have nothing against Lafleur. Like any first-year guy, he has things to learn. I have a problem with Murphy giving the keys to a guy with a win-now team saying, quote, here, kid, drive. This guy is... And he puts these takes out there, and he doesn't have any type of evidence to back up what he's talking about. Hold on a second. What is that even supposed to mean? I don't know. Especially when... Who who was a win-now coach? The most win-now coach that the Packers could have hired would have been Joe Philbin being that he would keep the same system that they already had on offense, but it wasn't working. Either way, if you're putting in a new offense, you're not really a win-now team. But on top of that, why are you saying that this is you know similar to handing the keys over when we are 8-3? and three? Like, we're 8-3. and three. That's a pretty good job for anyone who's taking over a team with their first year being a head coach. I'm just racking my brain for trying to dissect that yeah tweet so would he prefer they hire a coach and they like coddle him i don't know i let him go four and 12 exactly or... i i even looked to see if there were any replies he sent this tweet out can and you didn't read reply that to tweet again actually yeah i, I absolutely I'm profoundly I, confused i have nothing against the floor like any first year guy he has things to learn i have a problem with murphy giving the keys to a guy with a win now team and saying here kid drive what the fuck is he supposed to do as a coach? I don't. What other coach? Like, hey, if we hired McDaniel's, who everyone who was the front runner for what a while, does that even there's mean? gonna there's gonna be oh, learning pains too, growing pains I'm as well. I'm getting mad. That's one of the worst tweets I've ever heard. Yeah, and he's like I've said here, he, kid, drive. No, actually, get in the passenger. And this is and this is the same guy who said that um, earlier in the year, like after the Raiders what does that game. What even mean? After a couple of weeks, he said this is the best the Packers offense has ever been running in Rogers that's career right. that's the same that, dude that was we that was one of the deleted dumb Packer fans of the week that we recorded over the phone but it's like so, dude, so and then that one, one too like tweets ever yeah like I said he he just there's no evidence to back up anything that he says but he loves he loves he loves to so hate the now Packers he's placing it on Murphy so should he have hired two head coaches and just had two I don't know co-head co coaches and so that's then the it's thing, Dude, <laughs> and we're similar to that right now because Petten is, I've kind of mentioned it before, LaFleur is the head coach, but it really is like an offense-defense thing where he doesn't get his fingers in on the defense and vice versa Oh, maybe Petten. that's his point is where that LaFleur has never been a head coach before and that's why? Yeah, and that's but that's stupid. But like, he, yeah, even then, that's... Very, oh. yeah, he's, he's a dumb guy. Um, I thought of this. <laughs> Kyle Kuzvena or whatever, I always say his name wrong, I assume. Aaron Nagler always anoints him as the mayor of Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Michael is the king of Entitled Town, I've decided. Ooh. So there you go. Aaron, nice. Aaron Michael, the king of Entitled Town. He just, and you read his like game day tweets too. It's just all he does is bitch. And be it, there was a lot of things to bitch about this week. Mm -hmm. But my lord. Not King of Entitled Town. King of Entitled Town. Um, governor. But governor is probably more appropriate. Well, king, because then that means he's... I like king because then it's like... He's like know, the ruler of all. Exactly. Yeah. And and you can't talk back to him. Gotcha. Because he's not going to respond That's, anyways. Okay. There you go. Touche. But that is Dumb Packer Fan of the Week. All right. And now for predictions for the week, we are playing the New York football giants. 
at MetLife Stadium. I believe it's still MetLife Stadium. Yes. Noon on Sunday, the Packers are six and a half point favorites. Um, Opened up at seven and a half. Yep. So it's gone down, which isn't the best. But um, I don't know what you think about this game. I think the Giants could pose a bit of a threat. We should kind of shit kick them. It would be nice to have a shit kicking game after after this, after this previous game against the Niners where we were terrible and got shit kicked. Yes. But um, you look at the Giants and they're kind of a mini monster that could be the weakness for the Packers where they have a good running back with Shaquan. Saquon? Saquon? Saquon. Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram at tight end, who's an athletic pass-catching guy. So if they could get that together, it could be tough. Yeah, they they played the Bears tough last week, and that game was actually pretty winnable for them. Right. Um, But, yeah, I think it'll be a a tough matchup with Saquon running the ball. He's one of the best in the league. Yep. He's not better than McCaffrey, and – we saw what McCaffrey did to us. Um, I yep. think he's similar. So, yeah, I I like. I think they'll cover the spread, um, and I think they'll win. And I hope. I hope. It's yeah. I it's really hope it's we can th- this this game. I don't want to say it's bigger than the Niners game, but if we come out flat and lose this game, then oh, we that's will disastrous. Then it's then we're it'll be smashing the panic button. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's it a noon game too. You kind of wonder him and Ha what what team's going to show up. But you know, I will say that reminds me when the game got flexed to Sunday night yep. that Niners game. Yep. My knee jerk reaction was, oh, well, I don't like that. Well, whatever. It I'm just, it obviously didn't work I just out. Want that on the table because you want that on, on the table after it already happened. Correct. Okay. Okay. I just want that no, on the record that's a strong after take. the fact. Um, but <laughs> I didn't like that. Just so we're all on the same page. Yeah, I thought it would be good because uh, obviously I went hunting this weekend, as I previously mentioned. Um, I should have mentioned this too. First of all, I love love being out at the hunting shack. It's like one of the most pure things I think in my life mm-hmm. where it's like one weekend where it's the same group of dudes, like 12 of us. Just gas and beers. Gas, well, Yeah, gas and beers. We've got more teams. Shake and dice Friday night. Nice. Is that a euphemism? No, no, we're just shaking dice, tr- <laughs> trying to trying to win some money. This is Monowitz where we didn't win any any shakes this year, which wasn't the best. But again, is that a euphemism? Nope, nope. But no phone service, so you're kind of just watching the Packer game, and it was bad. It was not the best. Yeah. But the thing that made me think that the Niners that the game was going to be bad, put my corn out Friday or Saturday morning. Your feed. Put my corn out. So do you, hunt, do you hunt then? Oh, yeah. Nothing Nothing came in the morning. Nothing came at night. Next day on Sunday morning, you know, d- game day, go back out to the stand. My corn and apples were still there. I can't remember the last time I've gone out and my corn and apples stayed overnight without a deer eating it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to hunt well today. Not but a good omen. This might be a bad omen for the Green Bay Packers as well. Yep. But um, yeah, thanks, a lot. thanks they, a lot, Spence. Yeah, it was definitely my fault. I think this game, it, we should get back on course, especially the defense. Um, uh, what's his name? The rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones. Yeah, he came onto the scene pretty hot, but then has faded as of late. Yeah, he's turned the ball over quite a bit. He's got ten picks, I know, and I think he might lead the league in fumbles. And 
the Packers have won every game where we forced a t- turnover this mm-hmm. year, and I think we've lost every game where we had one ourselves. Yeah, and we're we're two and zero off of losses, obviously. Yep. Um. So hopefully we can get that to three and zero. Yep. And, and bounce back. What do you have for a prediction? Cause at least two turnovers. I think uh, it will be. I'm gonna go twenty eight thirteen. Good guys. Okay. Okay. Yep. I am going to go with. I was thinking a similar. Score I don't too. like that score actually. Nope. Too late. It's it's already been said. It's okay. already been said. You can't redo it. Damn it. I'm going to say um set. Oof! Almost screwed up there. I'm going to say. 24-17 Packers. Wow, okay. One possession game. A little, little bit closer. I don't know. It Ooh, might be a bit slobber of a knocker. We'll see. But more importantly, bold predictions. Ooh, yep. Damn it. Now you forgot. Damn it. Okay. Bold predictions for the week. So um, you got to go first. Yeah, I guess we keep switching, so I will go first this time. With as much talk as there's been about the offense not um, being as flexible and um, creative in recent weeks... I'm going to guess, and we're going back to him, but obviously we are uh, the number one uh, Danny Vitale podcast going forward. I think Danny Vitale is going to have three or more catches this game. Okay. For a guy who he had a reception this past week, but he's probably got a total of three or four on the season. So I think it's quite bold. Hopefully that works for you. Okay. So, okay. I was going to go... With something that was extremely bold, but I, I'll I'll taper that a bit, and I'm gonna say between Preston and Zadaria, so combined, okay, I think they will go for a strip sack, which we recover, okay, that's key, okay, not just causing it, but sure. we'll recover it, and three and a half sacks, so three and a half sacks and a strip sack between the two combined, okay. I guess, I guess I'll accept that as being bold enough, but I feel like on the year they probably average two sacks anyway, so if they get a... F- I'll accept it. I'll accept it either way. That would because require, force- that would require at least one of them to have a multi, multi-sack game, Yeah. plus one of the two would have to strip sack. So I suppose. I think that's... We'll, we'll let it slide. I think that's fair. This week, I suppose it's I think bold we're enough. still over. On all of our all five of our bold predictions. Yeah, so. for those that didn't listen last week, I had MBS over a hundred yards and a sixty plus yard touchdown. That did not come close to happening. Well, I guess he almost had the one, mm, but that was yeah. still gonna be short of that. that. Been... And what did you have? Oh, you had two picks for Jair. Jair, yeah. yeah, that didn't He wasn't really targeted, it felt like. No, but just I okay, on. ooh, idea. So when the first bold prediction hits, the other person has to bring in a keg. Bring in a keg? Yes. Uh, I think I could agree to something. I think a keg is way too much okay, two money kegs. and too much work. Two kegs? Yes. Can we do a case of beer? Can we do a case of beer of the other man's choice? Fine. Three kegs. Okay. I agree. One case of beer. We can we can do that. I think that works. Yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. <laughs> that, yeah, that, <laughs> that was good uh, negotiating on both our parts. Um, other than that, once again, hey, everyone's favorite part of the show. If you haven't yet, <laughs> please subscribe and five star the podcast. Uh, this is a not po- not for profit podcast. We are doing this for fun and shits and gigs. So it would be nice every time you do a rating or leave a review. We pop up more on the iTunes Pod Center and Spotify and all that BS. Yeah. 
and we're up to like 2.1 yeah, million 2.1 million now so but every every subscription matters yes so. so thank you for that also i will be sending out this is your last this is your last chance for this shipment don't worry we will be sending them out even more yeah there's only a few left right yeah we're starting to run low on the koozies but um intern tommy will be sending them out on friday so if you haven't yet please email or dm us on twitter on twitter pmp pod uh, for email, it is pmppodcast at gmail.com. Once but again, Tommy is in New Mexico for Thanksgiving, so if you could just wait. Yes. Until yes. you, so then well, once he gets back, we can put him back to work. But but Friday, he's in, but he's Friday in, we will be sending them out. Okay, so he'll be he'll be back. By yeah, then. so he'll be back tomorrow. He'll be flying back tomorrow. He, I think he had a two day visit in Mexico. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, all you have to do once New again, New Mexico. New Mexico. Yes. Sorry, that's what I said for sure. Um, <laughs> leave a review. Take a screenshot of it, send it in. Once again, you can put any name. I don't care really what you say, just a five-star. Send me that screenshot, or you can just quote tweet it. Do the same thing, send it over, and I will send you a... Oh, sorry, I keep. I said that last week. It's top, Well, it's because he's, Mex- he's in New Mexico. You will be sent the free koozie. I gave away a lot of koozies at the hunting shack this week. Nice. So spread, spread the word, spread the brand. And on that same note, one of the famous things that we have at the hunting shack is a painting of Willie Nelson... There are three heads of Willie all on, on in this painting on the side of the wall. It's been there so long when you remove the painting, there's just a white outline. Okay, this is definitely a euphemism, you sick freak. Nope, nope. three-headed Willie Nelson. But with that, Willie Nelson, please don't sue us. Go, Pat, go. We were headed home to Austin, caught new moon.